Hello and welcome to the Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bellotti. Today's session is a Clubhouse recording that I did with Hila Chu, who is the VP of Growth at GitLab. This is actually the third time that I've had her on the podcast. She is fantastic, filled with knowledge. So I'm going to go ahead and toss it over to there. We are talking today about making a first growth hire, what good looks like, what some of the skills are, how to know, should you hire a senior or more junior person? So we're going to go ahead and, and roll into that. And thanks for listening. Hey, Hila. Hey, Matt. Nice to speak with you again. You as well. I'm very excited for this. So we are going to talk about what a good growth hire looks like. So we got a set of questions here. We're going to go through those with Hila, and then we're going to open it up to Q&A after a little bit and take questions from folks if they have them. So first question, you wrote a blog post about making your first growth hire, which is a perfect blog post to tie into this. And the first question that you pose, you know, there's there's three things that you pose. And the first question that you pose is, do I need a growth PM or growth marketer? And I would love to know how you think about that, because it, it does seem like sometimes people think that they need a PM, but they actually need the marketer or they think they need the marketer or they actually need the PM. So would love your thoughts around that. Yeah, definitely. So I talk with some founders and help with them thinking about growth. And uh, this is often a question they, they will ask me, like whenever they're thinking about adding a growth function or starting a growth team, they begin to realize that in the world of growth, there are so many different kind of specialties. So they wonder a growth PM or a growth marketer. And I start by explaining to them what's the difference, right? Growth product managers usually are PMs. They uh, have experience uh, working in product, changing particular flows or user experiences and use that to drive growth. And growth marketers have more specialty in marketing. Either it's a user acquisition or specific channels like Facebook, YouTube, there are also the product marketing, like product marketers or, or uh, CRM marketers who specialize in emails or, or messaging or, or brochures, content writing and all of that. I think the key to decide who will be your good first growth hire always goes back your your business and your growth model. And by growth model, I mean you need to understand how, what are the, the drivers, what are the levers you have to grow your business? Is that mainly through paid channels? Is that mainly through a word of mouth or referral or uh, content videos or influencers? And then you need to hire your first growth hire to match that initial lever, initial driver for, for growth. I can share a, a couple of examples that actually helped founders think through. So for example, there was a fintech app I work with. They figured out kind of a unique product and also unique pricing model that allowed them to get their acquisition budget payback fairly quickly. So if they spend, let's say $10 to or $20 to acquire a new user, they can get that back in the first month or first two months. If you, you have that type of product or business model, 
your first growth hire has to be an awesome paid marketer because you you already figure that out. It works, and you want to amp- amplify that quickly. So the that's where you should put your first growth hire on, and you can build upon like on on top of that, uh, maybe organic referral. But it goes back to your growth model and. The other case, the other example, I also talked with another founder. Their product is a Chrome extension to enable better collaboration. So he is also thinking about, I want to start a growth team. I want to start a growth function. Where should I start? So in talking with him, I realized that because because of the unique nature of their product, people don't see a Facebook ads and download Chrome extension. They usually hear from someone or someone else use this Chrome extension to invite them to do something or like they get to experience this product from from that usage. So in that case, the first growth hire definitely needs to be a growth PM, ideally with experience in building some product-led growth loops, such as how do I invite someone? Like how do I, when, when I invite someone or when I just use this product, how do, we, how do I make sure naturally whoever is touched by this product see the logo of my product and want to try it, want to use it? They were able to find a growth PM with previous experience in the, this type of product like MailChimp, Slack, and stuff like that. And that will really add value to their team as the first growth hire. So I think to sum it up, the biggest way to decide that, whether growth marketer or growth product, is go back to your product, build the growth model, really understand what are the first growth lever, most important way you can grow your product at that moment, and match the growth hire to that lever. So... What if you don't know what your growth model is yet? Would you say, full stop, you're not ready to make a growth hire? Or Because I I imagine some people think about the first growth hire as, oh, I'm going to hire somebody so they can figure out my growth model. Mm, That is a great question. And that is super valid too. I think, first of all, as a founder or as a CEO, I think you should know at least to a certain extent, high level, what are the most important growth levers or what what are the channels, what are the ways seem to have some traction just by trying to grow the product in the past couple months or past year, right? Even though you're a CEO, you're a founder, you're not a growth professional, but you must have tried to grow the product and you must have some hypothesis around what is likely a channel that might work. So you probably have some ideas. And then I definitely suggest all founders, CEOs, or early startup team members to try to map that out. You may not have all the information. You may not have all the kind of details or or something might be missing there. But at least you can figure out what is the most important metric for your product, how what are the different ways you can break that down, like into very typical growth model, new users, existing users, what are the most typical new user paths or funnel, where is your kind of uh, opportunity point, what are some channels you can drive traffic and things like that. So definitely try to do that, even though you won't get it right, you will get to think about your growth strategy, understand your business much better. And 
it's possible that you don't have that full picture, right? Or you, you are not super clear which channel will work for my product. I think there are two options. One is you can you can hire someone uh, for that case. Then you need to keep the almost like the hiring profile a little bit broad and a little bit senior. So you can hi- hire someone as potentially a interim head of growth so that he can do some of the strategic exploration and, and thinking to map that out. That's one way. The other way is if you really don't know, uh, you don't want to risk hire this person, you can talk with advisors, you can talk with people who have more experience or in this space to get some ideas and inputs that can help you narrow down what are the expertise you're looking for, what are some possible growth levers or channels that worked for similar products in the past so that you don't just based on your maybe guess or just hire for the wrong wrong talent. Yeah, I think that's a great question. That's totally possible. But I think figuring out growth model, figuring out, out important growth lever and figuring out growth higher is a super critical job for the CEO or the funder. So that's time worth spent there. Yeah. I love that. So it's, you need some sense of your baseline for what growth approach you're going to have as a company, as a team, as a product. And I like that you brought up other avenues to get that answer. Even if you can't necessarily do it completely on your own, the answer is not necessarily go hire a person to do that, but there are other avenues to do that through the advisor, you know, or, or potentially working with an agency or something like that. That's great. And so let's say I have a sense of what my growth model is. I'm ready to go ahead and make a first hire. I don't have anybody on my team yet that does growth. Should I get a senior person? Like, should I get a head of growth type person? Or should I get a ground level, you know, individual contributor type role? Like what sort of seniority should I be thinking about in that first growth hire? And, uh, you know, this is also useful context. If other people listening want to be the first growth hire, how should they think about how their seniority matches up with a different type of company or stage? Yeah, definitely. I think typically, if I assume this is a really early stage company, like maybe Seed or Series A, it is usually pretty hard to hire a really great growth person and also with like a significant amount of experience, unless you're able to attract that person maybe as one of the co-founder or really a founding member with significant equity, or uh, somehow your startup is really a a stellar startup in the space and it has a lot of positive PR and excellent investors. So you, you have that uh, awareness, you have that capital to attract really great talent. So if you can hire a senior great growth person, of course, go for it. I think there is um, a lot of value in, in getting that. But the reality is, I think for most uh, very early stage startup, it is hard to hire a senior growth person because growth persons are kind of very popular in the market and they have many options So in that case, my suggestion is usually if you can start from if you are going for a growth manager, like a a senior growth product manager or even a growth product manager, 
or a growth marketer with some experience from previous company, but not a head of growth yet. So those, they are not, they're either growth PM or, or growth marketer. They are not a head of growth, but they are super ambitious. They have like five years of experience from previous roles doing everything related to growth. They want to have an opportunity to take what they learned and to apply that. They don't have that title, but they want to work hard for it. They really want to become a head of growth someday at some company. So I think I would go for hiring maybe not so senior people, but with great experience, learned about um, different aspects of growth. Maybe really go deep in one aspect, want to learn other aspects, and then they want to prove themselves. And uh, I joke with people that when I joined my um, very first growth role at growthhackers.com, I was the first growth hire. I never actually done growth before. I was an analyst in a Fortune 500 company. I just got bored of doing analysis and nobody does anything with my awesome analysis. And I want to try something completely different. So I joined growthhackers.com as their first growth hire. And I was doing from anything from doing implementation of data tracking, implement uh, like analytics tools such as Amplitude, to writing media and blog, to organizing conference, and to launching experiments in trial flow, doing moderation of community like posts, basically any and email drip can be anything you can think of. I think you want to find someone who like maybe has done data, who, who has done product growth or growth marketer. They have some specialty, but they are also very analytical. They are very curious. They have an ambition to go to the next level. I, I think that's the that's a great way to find talents at a more affordable, kind of reachable rate. Matt, so I know you, are you our first growth hire in your current company as well? Like, what is your thinking about this question? Yeah, so I was already at Drift uh -huh. and then we hired a VP of growth and then I was the first person to move over to that team. So my experience is a little bit different here. Uh, but I also didn't have any previous growth experience. We were making a big investment in spinning up a growth team. So for me, I think that the guidance of the VP that joined around how to think about growth and how to approach it helped accelerate my learning towards it. I do think that like, if I moved into growth and I had not also been working for a VP of growth at the time, and it was just me, I think what would have been really useful was if I had an advisor or a mentor of some sort in the space that I can work with on an ongoing basis. So we have some advisors in the, uh, you know, the company's advisor relationships that I, I could have tapped on the shoulder and, and asked some questions of. Uh, but if I didn't have that, and I was at, uh, you know, another company, and I was the first one, I definitely would have benefited from going a little bit out of my way to find someone else that could give me some basics. You know, I talk to them every few weeks. And so if you're a founder and you're making that first growth hire, so back to what Hila was saying earlier, you know, you can understand what your growth model looks like by working with advisors. Like if you're going to make that really tactical first growth hire and they're a young, ambitious, 
you know, just a few years of experience, but really want to learn a lot, uh, you can do really well with hiring them and finding someone to mentor them along the way that's also been doing growth uh, as a way to accelerate all the learnings there. Yeah. So Hila, next question. What are some of the soft or hard skills that are critical to look for in that first hire? Like you were saying, there's, and even your experience, you're coming from a background where you didn't necessarily do growth before, but you've had experience with data. Uh, you know, what are those things that are really important there? And maybe we don't have to get into interviewing because I would say interviewing could be a whole other clubhouse session and podcast session, but just the basics of like, what should that person have some knowledge of? Yeah, definitely. I think I would say from hard skill perspective, I always always look for people who are uh, analytical. I think analytical skill and just get just kind of the ability to use data, whether it's quantitative and qualitative is critical. It's just a uh, it's the way how growth works. So you need to have that. And another thing I would say more on the soft skill side is curiosity and never take no for an answer. Uh, I think growth person need to be very curious about, hey, this data looks weird. Why? Or this number drops. Why? <laughs> and how can we not having it drop? How can we get that up? And this number doesn't look kind of ideal. What are some questions I can ask to figure out what's behind that? Like maybe talking with some customers when I when we notice they 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 have some negative experience or they look they seem to be confused when they are using this page why so I think curiosity is really really important and don't take no for an answer because gross people also need to be pretty tough the statistic is that I think sixty percent of experiments fail so you have to deal with constant failure in experiments and it's easy to get discouraged as well. So you have to have some very strong enough passion and also toughness to not get discouraged from that. That's, that's pretty important as well. Other than that, I think great communication skills because a lot of times growth teams are new in most companies other than delivering results, you also need to be an advocate. So you need to be able to communicate, tell a story, and get others excited in the company. Yeah, I think those are the main ones I will look for. That's awesome. And if somebody is listening to this, and they're saying to themselves, I want to become that first growth hire, I feel like I have some of those skills and, and some of that mindset. Is there any other advice that you would give to somebody for for lining themselves up to be like the first growth person at a startup? Yeah, I think you obviously want to educate yourself about the space. You want to know the basics. I think we're we're part of the referred programs. Kind of going to those courses is super helpful. There are great books you can read, read about it, like Hacking Growth. That's awesome as well. So get yourself educated on the topics, on the frameworks, on the ways how to think about growth. I think for myself, why I made that jump partially is I remember when I worked at this Fortune 500 companies in analysis, one day I was driving, I was listening listening to a podcast, I think Brian Balfour 
was interviewed by someone and he talked about growth is really about doing experiment. I suddenly in my mind made that connection because I was a biology major. I do experiment all the time in the lab and growth is about doing experiment in, in real life, kind of uh, using the digitized experience and data. So I think educate yourself and to see what are some experience you can draw from your from your previous work or, or study growth, the more you, you are in the space, the more like I have been doing it, it's, it's actually a pretty foundational framework. It's really scientific approach used at business metrics. And there are a lot of things that similar uh, from other kind of uh, subjects and you, you can use it in a lot of places. So I think that's first. And second is, begin to pretend you are a growth marketer or growth product manager in your day-to-day life. Sometimes I like to just pretend I'm a, when I receive a random email, for example, from a, from a business, I will pretend I am that person who need to write that email. And then I begin to criticize that email and saying, wow, this like, from a consumer's perspective, this language doesn't seem to be attractive at all. Or when I'm using, uh, downloading a new app, when I go through onboarding, I begin to shift to that gross PM view and begin to think about how I, I will change those flows or how, how I will change those designs. And sometimes you stumble upon really brilliant product design or, or fly, uh, sign up flow or email or, or ads. You capture that, you put that in your back pocket as well. So I think there are a lot of things you can do in day-to-day to begin accumulate that experience. And last thing I would say, just reach out to people and in your work, I think you can find experience opportunities to apply a lot of the growth principles, trying to do more analysis, trying to propose experiment ideas, just the A-B test the more you can accumulate that type of experience in your work or outside of your work, the more it will help you to make that transition. Yeah. Yeah. I especially like the approach of being critical of emails and other things that you get and it's pattern matching, right? Start spending a lot of time to pattern match what things work, what things don't work. I think that's some, some great advice. Thanks for talking through this stuff. I think we'll go ahead and open it up to some Q&A if folks have questions. I know, Malika, you put your hand up a while ago. I'll invite you up in case you were hanging on to that question. Otherwise, no worries. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And I'd love to hear if Hila's got experience on this as well. So for me, the things that I learned from that VP and mentor, what Hila was saying earlier was around, uh, you know, the growth frameworks being a very scientific type approach. And I think I learned a lot from him, the hypothesis, uh, his name's Guillaume Cabane. He's a VP of growth. Uh, Now he does tons of growth advising stuff. So it was his strong suit for sure. I learned a ton about like the rigor that's needed. So rigor is really important. Having a process for it, a process that defines your hypothesis, your results, uh, and maps those out and keeps track of learnings, I think is another really important piece. I think coming from a more traditional product type background, I... You know, of course, we build stuff, we learn things, and we kind of move on. And the learnings from product, typical product management becomes a little bit more of tribal knowledge learnings, whereas the learnings from a growth 
team and a growth process are and should be really regimented because the entire goal is how do you optimize for the things that your customer set, you know, are trying to do at each stage, you know, activation, acquisition, monetization, all those things. And so the learnings, having those codified and documented in a way that it's accessible, I think was a really, really important piece that, that helped there. So I think, I think I would have done a lot more like flailing and kind of guess and checking. Whereas he taught me a lot more that I should start with a process. Uh, and that was a huge learning for me. I don't know if Hila, you have anything to note from other mentors, maybe from when you were working in the growth hackers.com role. Yeah. So it's funny when I worked at growthhackers.com, it's not a fair comparison because the CEO of the company is Sean Ellis. So we don't need a mentor or advisor. I can learn from him. But I think to your point, Matt, I feel like the biggest area the external advisor can help is one, help the company think about the strategy, identify North Star metric, build that initial growth model so that the company or the founders can be sure they they are on the right track, right? They're not chasing the wrong metric from the very beginning where they at least high level, understand what are the levers, what's the most important thing in their growth model at this moment? Is that activation? Is that uh, acquisition? Or is retention? If like your retention number sucks, there's no point trying to bring a lot of new users from acquisition, right? So there are, that's kind of really make sure the growth strategy makes sense. And I think that's the number one area usually an advisor can help. Another area is uh, identify some focus area or low-hanging fruits in, in that funnel or in that model where there can be some initial wins uh, because usually growth advisors has experience. They they have done they have seen a lot of similar products or they have done a lot of uh, similar things before, they can use their experience to identify opportunities quicker. I think last time Jerome was here and he talked about what he, he will typically start with a B2B uh, lending page and there are always tons of opportunities. Um, I think those are important for, for a new growth team because you need to find that quick wins or early wins to get the team excited and begin to find more wins. Uh, that's a second area. I think the third area is very similar to what you described. Growth is a pretty scientific approach. It has a, a standard process. So how to get the team started with that rhythm of doing weekly growth meeting of launching, like writing hypothesis the right way, document every experiment results, doing regular retros and, and sharing learnings so that more experiments ideas can come out of that. I think just getting the, the team, the initial team into that rhythm uh, will be pretty valuable as well. And I think the last area is the growth advisor actually can help think about the first hire or think about the org design, right? For your product, where does the growth team or the growth hire should fit in? Should it, should it be under marketing? Should it be under product? Uh, what's the specialty? What's the important skill set you should be looking for? And over time, what are some other team members you may want to hire? What are some tools or foundational work you need to do just things like that, I think, will be 
it's easy for someone who has more experience to help uh, point to a better path so that it will save the team a lot of uh, back and forth or, or corrections later on. Yeah, so I, I would assume you're asking about the tools that a growth team will use on a daily basis to operate. So I think there are a couple high level for any growth team to operate, you need to have two, I guess, infrastructure type of work. One is you need to have data and you, you need to understand uh, how customers or users are using your product, how uh, customers are flowing through the funnel of, from marketing to use product and to spending money. So you need to have that relatively granular data. And in order to get that, you need to first have the data uh, available. That might mean your engineer team need to do some tracking. They need to implement some code so that whenever users take certain action, you can record that. And from that, you need to put those data into a data warehouse. Ideally, you need some very easy to use user behavior analytics tools. My One of my favorite is Amplitude. It's kind of the next level of Google Analytics, but basically you can plug it on top of your data warehouse and a lot of uh, very useful analysis come out of it automatically. And it also doesn't require the team members to use to write queries and stuff. So it really allow everyone to be able to use data and find opportunities and think of ideas. Uh, I think that's really powerful. So data and analytics tool is number one. The second will be uh, some sort of A-B testing framework because when you see opportunities through the data, if you don't do anything, if you don't change the product flow, if you don't change the user experience, or if you don't change like how, how everything works, Nothing will change. You won't get any results unless you take action. And A-B testing is another foundational element of growth because it allows you to do controlled experiments where you can really compare the changes you made. How does that change the metrics or the numbers you care about in a very scientific way? So like the most popular tool there is Optimizely. I'm sure there are a lot of other things, but it will allow you to do that. So for most product, I think those are the two foundational elements. There are other things. You need a you need a project management process to document your experiment results, to track the experiment status from like the very beginning, whenever it's launched, whenever it's concluded. But you can achieve that by using like Excel spreadsheet or Google Sheet and link to like doc, Google Docs. You can use like the, the v- team Viki and things like that as well. So there you don't need a specific tool. I think some sort of user testing is helpful. Like you can use usertesting.com or some other way to understand how users use your product. And that will be another source of ideas so that you can find opportunities to improve yeah, I think those are my main like selections. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I think you covered a lot of them. I, I think that the project management software piece is super important, right? You need somewhere to 
document the, the experiments and all that. And it could be as straightforward as I saw Brian Balfour when he was at HubSpot. He was just using Google Docs. It was just a templated Google Doc that the team would copy and put in folders. So it doesn't necessarily need to be anything super fancy either for a starting point. But I, I'd say that, that is it, very essential. Very, very essential. Cool. Malika, thanks for the questions. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for joining. We're doing this every Tuesday at this time. So five Eastern, two Pacific. It's called Growth Unplugged. We're talking about the messy parts of growth that generally don't get put in any kind of framework or, you know, don't get necessarily documented in blogs or, you know, in a, in a very particular fashion. So next week is going to be about why your attempts at product-led growth aren't working. So maybe, you know, you're working at a company that's trying to do product-led growth stuff. We've got three amazing people, Laura Borghese, Morgan Brown, and Thibaut Imbert. Those are three fantastic, fantastic growth folks. So thanks for joining here. Hit follow for Gila if you haven't done so yet. And then you could also follow me to get an update on all of the events that get scheduled on Reforge. They'll all be here on Reforge. So you can look out for them there as well. All right, Hila, thanks so much for joining again. Really appreciate it. Awesome. I might join next week too, just to listen. I think that's a fantastic topic. Great. I'm excited to have you there. Yeah. All right. With that, I think we'll call it a day here. Thanks, everybody. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It has been a pleasure, always is. If you enjoyed it, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. There are many amazing deep dives with fantastic guests. So go ahead and check those out. If you're a fan, I would really, really appreciate you taking a minute or two to write a quick review on your favorite podcast app. That would be really fantastic. And then if you got any feedback, any questions at all, topics or whatever it might be, my email is matt at drift.com. Shoot me a note and I will catch you on the next episode. Otherwise, thanks. Thanks.